0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the art of wrestling with professional wrestler, Coke Cabana. It's Colt Cabana. How you guys doing? Come on in, sit down. You're about to listen to the Art of Wrestling, Professional Wrestling Podcast. It's also a life podcast, a personal journal, an entryway into the minds, the souls, the hearts, and the lives of the people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Cole Cabana. I am a world traveler, a performer, a podcaster, a personality. Most importantly, though, I am a professional wrestler. We are sitting here live in the studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Hey, before we go any further, this is a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast. It's supported by people just like you. We give it to you free of charge every single Thursday on ColtCabana.com, Stitcher Radio, and on iTunes. A couple great ways that you can support, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Tell a friend, let somebody know via Twitter, via Facebook, via Vine? I don't know. Or if you do have a couple of dollars in your pocket, you can give back monetarily. ColtMerch.com, digitalcult.com, T-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs, digital downloads, premium podcasts, episodes 1 through 35. It's all available on ColtMerch.com and digitalcult.com. The guest this week, Michael Elgin on the show. And the proudest thing I have to say is it's my closest connection to over-the-top in the world of wrestling. Because I think I'm closer to Michael Elgin than I am to Scott Norton. Because I've really never met Scott Norton except Facebook messaging him a couple of times. But we'll get into that little story of, uh, Elgin and his mom and Over the Top. Where does that come in? Oh my God. It's a teaser. You're going to have to listen. Who knows? Speaking of over the top, I might have gotten a guy in Spain to make a movie about Over the Top and Bloodsport combined into one independent, low budget movie. If it happens, I don't know if it will. That's a, that's a thing, right? Imagine if that happened. Me. Compton, Gallows, who else do you want to throw in there? We'll put them in there. We'll almost I, I went to Spain and I made a movie. And the dude was like, We're if you want to do that movie, we'll do that movie too. That's a thing that can happen. Remember when I put out my email, cult at gmail.com, and I said, Hey, you know, want to put you in your movie? This guy took me up on it, and I went and I made a movie. Now, Also, what else did I do? I met a guy there. Now, I I can't get into too much. He don't listen. The guy that made the movie, Rich, he he probably listens. So, uh, you know, it's not about this, but I met a guy who told me, he was in this movie, told me he has had sex with over 20,000 prostitutes in his lifetime. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm sorry if you're – I feel bad if you're a girl listening to this because, I I mean, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on prostitution. It's not for me. This guy didn't seem to have any uh, objections against it at all as he's done it over 20,000 times so much that I had my own little podcast with him. Like, I was interviewing him because I needed to, I mean, it wasn't for the Art of Wrestling. It was strictly for me and for life experiences. You don't have life experiences unless you go do some weird shit. And this guy was like, you want to come to Spain? You want to do a movie? And normally, I'd be like, fuck no. I don't... This is way too... No, that's crazy. But I said, let's do it. And I said to him... The only thing, the only condition is you can't kill me. That's it, okay? If you don't kill me, then, right, I'll be alive and I could tell my story another day. So he didn't kill me. I went to Spain, met the guy who had sex with 20,000 prostitutes, over 20,000 prostitutes. Again, I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm sorry if you're a female and you hate that I just said that, but it's a thing and it happened. Sorry if you're a male and you hate that I said that. I'm sorry if you hate that I say anything. Then why the fuck are you listening to it? Here's the story. Here, this, I mean, this is just what's happened. With my life The point is Is I was in Europe I had spent All of August In Scotland Rev Pro Which is amazing Promotion over in England Said we can bring in For the 19th of October As long as you stay For the 27th of October And I've been doing So much traveling Including I have another 10 day tour In November coming up But I was like Fuck it Let's do it. I'll stay there for another ten days. And I was in Europe. Rev Pro was on the same show as Bret Hart. He, uh, he. I saw him, and he said, "Nice to see you again," which was great. And the story of me talking about Bret Hart is on the internet. He's had to have seen that on YouTube, right, with the Scott Skin thing. And I, I regret even telling that story and putting it on the DVD. And then there's guys who put it on YouTube. So I, I don't know if I regret. You know, I don't know because like people could just see anything on YouTube. So. <laughs> Who knows? He's, I think he's got to have seen that. I don't know. But, you know, maybe we've been on so many shows finally. He's like, good to see you. So that was a thing. Tanahashi, good to see him. He's my new friend. He was pretty sweet. Prince Devitt, I mean, the whole crew over there. Grado, tagged with Grado, gave him my elbow pad. Great show by Revolution. I'm there a whole week. What am I going to do for the whole week? I'll go to Germany, do a live podcast there for German wrestling fans who speak German. I don't know how they understood me. I don't know why I'm amped up so much right now, but I am. I had a great time there. We'll play the German podcast at another time. Then toured the comedy show I did in Scotland. So many laughs. Such a great time. I hate to tell you, London and Manchester... But I'm going to say that Leeds was the best venue, and Leeds had the best group, and Leeds was the best show, so much that we're going to bring this podcast, while I'm on the title wrestling tour in November, back to Leeds, I believe November 28th, everything's not in place yet, but I'm bringing the live Art of Wrestling podcast to Leeds, because I had a great show, we did the comedy show, the comedy show is next coming to New York City and Muncie, Indiana, Cole Cabaneda- for all the information All of these shows I'm doing all this stuff FPW UK Where do I have time for Spain? I'm going to throw it in there I'm going to get in there And I'm going to make a movie On my two days off I had two days off And what do I do? Do I rest? Do I relax? No, I fly to Magala 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 Malaga One of those. You choose which it is. I'm not really sure. And I go to Spain and I make a movie. Will this movie ever see the light of day in the United States of America on Netflix? Who knows? I'm hoping the arm wrestling one does. That's what I'm hoping for. I hate to get you excited. I'm talking a lot of movie talk. But I'm more trying to get into this arm wrestling meets blood sport meets lion heart I have a thing for Jean-Claude Van Damme for some reason. That's the movie I want to make. I want to bring all the independent wrestlers over to Spain, make a movie, and then give it to you on demand, of course. I don't see it hitting any movie theaters anytime soon. That's definitely like uh, an HBO at 3 a.m. movie for sure. But it'd be a great movie, wouldn't it? Listen, the point is, last week I didn't talk about my European vacation – Because George South was on, and Jake Manning was helping me tell about George South. This week, I'm letting you know, the euro and pound conversion is good. European vacation was good. And on the George South note, by the way, on the George South note, please note, I mean, you guys know this, but some people were like... Uh Scott Hall and then George South. It's my show. Selfishly, it's my show. And George South on the show is just as much fun and just as great as Scott Hall is to me. I don't have USA asking me to get any ratings or anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, like, my numbers or rankings or ratings. It's just the fact that I put out a show every week and people enjoy it, and I put out the guys that I enjoy, that I champion, that I like. And you better believe... To me, you know who represents wrestling? George South. He loves wrestling. If you didn't hear it, Go back and listen to how much George South loves wrestling. You know who else loves wrestling? Michael Elgin. I think Jimmy Jacobs said this a couple years ago. He was like, you know who's on the show every single show, trying to steal the show every single time? Michael Elgin. He's like, he's going out and trying to – he's like, remember 2003, 2004? Remember that era of your brain? Well, Michael Elgin has that, and he's the guy on the independent scene right now doing that. He's the guy trying to have the greatest match every single show and front of 50, 200, 1,000 people. Doesn't matter. He's out there. He's a workhorse. He's an animal. And now, we're going to listen to him talk. Michael Elgin, going to let you know who he is here in a second. The song this week, The Pain Train by the Tijuana Bibles. Enjoy it, and we'll be back with Michael Elgin. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? <sighs> Ooh,
0: a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. chumba That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ch 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 Ch- Chumba. website for details. So seminars are like, as wrestlers, we wrestle 10 to 20 minutes and I get my paid money, right? Yeah. And seminars is like I was just watching this clip about this guy who was saying like teach. His name was Tim Minchin. He was uh, you ever heard of him?
1: I don't think I have. Comedian
0: musician in, in England. And he did like a a talk to like the students of a university that I think he graduated from. And he's just like, teach. He's like, this is something you should do. Like, you know, he's talking to these students in the future. Like, this is what you should do. Teach. If you're not like, teach kids, that's great. If you're not a teacher, still teach in every way and then i was like yeah like i he's like you've got knowledge Use, you know spread it like don't be selfish i was like yeah i know wrestling like i want to teach and then i just think about doing seminars and i was like oh they're so long and so much work and so (laughs) you know i
1: actually have the exact same opposite thought at the end of that Uh, i think that i've been fortunate enough to learn from so many people over the years that i just i like to kind of you know share that help that i've gotten with people so i know i understand this long Look, and sometimes the gets, idea is wonderful yeah i'm all for the idea but just i get it in there for so long is just
0: what? The, the idea that a wrestling match is like 20 minutes <laughs> i'm in and out yeah that's my work for the day and uh and then like a seminar becomes a job like yeah, n- kind like of. four hours a normal real person works what eight hours a day is that i, thing? I think so. so i haven't worked in so long so Me neither. I'm not sure. don't, we don't
1: know <laughs> yeah. this is the saddest thing ever
0: you know so half of that four hours a day i'm not looking to work a, half of a real job yes i know but is it
1: it's is it really a real, a real job. job it's I still kind of along the same i agree that it's much longer than a match that yes we're having, and i knew but.
0: when i brought this topic up i'd just be i'd just be bearing myself to anyone who ever wanted to book the first <laughs> seminar and anyone who ever took a seminar but when i do when i do 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 when I do do the seminars, like I put all
1: my effort yeah. into, it
0: and I lo- and I'm all about it. But it's it's draining on me for a guy who's doing nothing, just talking to, to guys. Yeah, sometimes
1: you know what I find, I find it's a lot of fun to do until you get that one kid that questions everything you're saying and like kind of talks back. Uh, those are the only things that I have found really frustrate me in seminars. The you know those kids, it's like not the, the ones that the just yes but it? guys. Almost, right. you know what I mean? Like right. I understand what you're saying, but I would do it this way. Like well, if you're Lance paying Storm for taught it, me this way. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like, if you're doing a seminar, just fucking do things the way that person's teaching you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's anywhere you go, you know to do it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll even say, okay, I understand that you could be taught this way, but this is the way I would do things. So I'm going to show you. And Then they still talk back. I'm like, why even come to the seminar then? Just sit at home and complain that you're not in a spot that I am, and I'm doing things wrong. Just don't come and, and yeah. you know, say it to me. They give you your money people. though yeah but still it's just kind of a headache like why the why even bother spending your money on something if you're just gonna be like well yeah but i know this better why do you think they bother to spend their money on it like to just say to promoters i i did a seminar with elga i think one of those definitely that and i also think it's almost like i think a lot of people get in that position where they're like oh why is this guy here why is that guy there and i almost think that some guys would go do a seminar just to kind of see if they're right or there is something about that person. I think it's a very rare and and very few people that do that. But I really do think that there's some people out there that might even do that.
0: But they're still spending their hard-earned money.
1: Yeah, but it's almost like a validation, like, oh... Uh, I spent this money. He didn't teach me anything. I didn't know. I should be in a position like that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I hate running into people like that, and it's few and far between, but there is people like that. I've been
0: clicking off a lot of Facebook. Man, I just (laughs) don't get it when they're on Facebook and it's just like, I hate this guy. I hate this guy. And it's like factual. Yeah. They're like, a fact. This guy is the worst, is awful. Um, so that could be the same idea of going to Yeah, I to really think that some people
1: are just delusional when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> just but in general. But that just happens.
0: So I'll do them. But, you know, few and far between, I yeah. think. And this conversation comes because we're talking about uh, Europe trips and uh, doing seminars. And I guess it's about how do we make our money as professionals. It's yeah. not just wrestling, right? There's other ways that we do it. Yeah, and I think
1: it goes back to the day job thing. If we can make r- money involving wrestling in any way it's better than doing something else. in any way yeah
0: and you were just saying like hmm, i don't hope you don't mind but like an office job in wrestling while wrestling like would you want to be a, a booker of any promotion or something i think it'd be fun um or you'd rather about... have like a, a nice paid job of like shipping out t-shirts like taz and dreamer used to do
1: or something you know that would be good <laughs> like i mean pays, i still right? want to wrestle but just if you're in a position that you can do something like that, maybe when you can't wrestle any longer or it's getting slow, I mean, you're still making money in something that you love. So I think it's definitely a, a positive in yeah. the outcome. I mean,
0: that's – and that's where I go with like
1: – and I've said this before, like my YouTube and, and the podcast and all
0: that. It's like I'm working when I'm not working yeah. in wrestling. Do you, I mean, what do you do? So, what do you do during the weekdays? Is it just all powerlifting at all, at all yeah, times? and all that? Yeah,
1: eat and work out. That's is basically what my week is that's uh, consumed job? by. Yeah, I mean, uh.
0: Have you, you thought th- about, like, how, how to, like,
1: shift some kind of, like, wrestling? Not really. Like, I mean, eBaying uh,
0: stuff. I eBayed stuff for a while. Yeah,
1: so. like, I could do that, but when I think of anything else, like, my time just seems like it's more consumed with with the eating and the working out and, like, cooking meals and that kind of stuff. Uh, Not to sound boring or anything, but it's just part of uh, not only the wrestling, but just other interests that I have is powerlifting and bodybuilding. So stuff like that just takes up so much time that I feel i could soon with that. I should probably get around to it before, you know, it kicks (laughs) me in the ass and I got nothing else to do. No,
0: but, I mean, at your rate, you know,
1: and I think you know this and you don't have to say it, but
0: it'll all... Not that it's paying off right now, but it'll all pay off to a higher extent. Uh, yeah, I
1: mean, I sure hope so. That's the goal. That's what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, Michael Elgin, not to be confused
1: with Elgin. That's right. How many people do the soft G? Uh, you know, it started actually when I was wrestling in Chicago because there's an Elgin, Illinois. The, uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, oh, that's probably that's why where it started, it so more than likely. That's, a, that's where it started. It started with IWA Mid-South, and everybody called me Elgin, and it just kind of got to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm Michael Elgin. You so, didn't even... No, it just got so many people said it. I was just like, I won't correct you. Oh, so okay. So people in other places of the world, it doesn't even. I mean, it happens once in a while. Right, but, but I grew that up was, knowing Elgin. Yeah, all that the way. was the original that makes a lot of original sense. time that, that I was called Elgin.
0: Okay. Uh, thanks for coming here, hanging yeah. out. Thank you for having, having me. Time. What do we want to get into? I know your mom is a power lifter. I know that's yep. that's important to get into. Yeah, she's it's definitely the funniest, a powerlifter. <laughs> funniest thing. Yeah. Uh, we could, but we could, I guess. Yeah. I was thinking about as you were coming over and you're... I don't know if it struggles as an independent wrestler. You you are definitely like the epitome of what an independent wrestler is right now. You're, uh, you know, I guess, you know, and it wasn't at this time and it's what you've worked for. I know that from talking to you from over the years, but it's like now you're with Ring of Honor. yeah. You're with PWG um, and, you know, you're making the rounds all over the place, which is the goal of independent wrestlers, I think. And at one time... You know, I, I guess I first met you at IWA Mid-South. Is that
1: correct? Actually, this is funny because no, the no, first no. time I met you was at Ring of Honor. Okay. And I was kind of hoping you would say this because I don't think you'll ever remember this. It was uh, in 2007. It was my very first, like, pre-show match I had for Ring of Honor. And I was sitting there getting changed. And I'm kind of a serious person until you get to know me and I can joke around with you. And obviously, in 2007, you know, I was trying to get somewhere. Ring of Honor was a big show and I was getting ready. And this was in Toronto? I kinda No, actually, it was in... New Jersey, I drove out to a double shot in Boston and New Jersey. Yep, it was my, my first show for Ring of Honor. It was a pre-show, and I wrestled Shane Hagedorn. And I was sitting there getting ready, and I'm you walking right by. Now, by no, I'm it's, not, right it's not that bad. Okay. It's really not that bad. But you walked by, and you looked at me, and I looked up, and then you looked at me again, and you said, Come on, smile, this is Ring of Honor. Because okay. I said, uh, it was kind of serious. It was, I thought it was a big moment for me and stuff. So that was actually the first time we met.
0: Do people smile in Ring of Honor? Is that a
1: thing? <laughs> I, I guess that was your thing in or 2007, January of 2007. Smile, you're here? Or just like, hey, in Ring of Honor, we're
0: No, it was kind serious.
1: of like a, a friendly, like joking, like, hey, smile. You're, this is Ring of Honor type thing. Yeah, so. and you haven't smiled since. I mean, I smile all the time. Do you?
0: Yeah. Okay. You're staring
1: death rays nah, No, I no. How'd that match
0: go with Hagedorn?
1: It, I thought it was actually pretty good. Uh, I remember the biggest feedback was like my gear. And just work out harder, and I mean, I was working out at the time, but I was still young. I want to say i was i 'm not good at math right now, apparently when i I was about nineteen or twenty at the time. What was the gear i was i mean it was a singlet, but it didn 't have like the butcher style, the short legged. it was like shorts, and it was just kind of just just this older singlet and like the kick pads I had and stuff. It was just kind of a the typical look I would say because when i did
0: so i did this uh after <laughs> Uh, punk wave to me on the camera and then i went and did a dark match and i had this fun match there's a lot of buzz about me and then the only thing the only feedback i got from john loronitis was oh there's a rip in your in your singlet and i was like
1: that's what you're giving me? I, I find <laughs> it's anytime i've ever been in front of someone who's important in wrestling and can kind of give you a job or take a job away or anything they have to find something to complain about because if not why are they in a position that they're in sure so uh that could have been like oh the fans love him people love him he's a good wrestler but he has a hole in his singlet so That's fuck singlet. him type well thing. so
0: what did you think when sorry is there's a train going by here that and it will continually throughout this time <laughs> what did you think when when who who says that to you a uh, gabe gabe says that, yeah okay and so are you like like fuck this guy or like i need a new singlet did no you go I, the next day and get a singlet
1: yeah i i definitely uh I got a new singlet, and I started uh, working out harder and was just trying to bring new things. And uh, soon after that, you know, I had another match with the Ring of Honor, and that was in 2007. I had a different singlet, a uh, better look, more tanned, better shape. And he said, good, keep working at it. And then the next time I was in front of him, I was in trunks. So I kept trying to evolve to, to get there. Have you done trunks? I've been doing trunks lately in Ring of Honor. but really? I don't like them so much. <laughs> okay. uh, I prefer a singlet. One, because if you look at wrestling right now, it's a majority trunks. So I think that the singlet kind of sets me apart. Uh, but there was a brief stint in like 2007, 2008 that I was wearing trunks.
0: So you're 1920 trying to get that job with Ring of Honor, and like, so I'm going to go back to IWA. I think it was when I I, I came back to the indie scene. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I want to say, did I did I meet you bef- before
1: I got signed? Had we done more like IWA shows? Did you start doing it? No, I started in. I don't think you were doing Mid South at the time I was there because I started in late two thousand six and then became full time like February two thousand seven. I don't think you were there at that time.
0: When well, I saw yeah, I left in May of two thousand seven, April two thousand
1: seven. Yeah, so but I, I don't think you're working for IWM Mid South at that time. Okay, okay, maybe,
0: but I mean, I came back and and I saw, and I had either heard of you or I. I I can't put it, I can't put it on the on the nose right now but you know maybe those ROH at that time yeah. like you know I did remember and I've heard you and I know you were working hard and I uh maybe as a bigger guy I always was kind of like uh keeping my eye on you yeah. not not in like but no, like good for like Exactly a, yeah I know what you mean. Like this is look we're we're the same yeah. look at us we we can do it right we could we can wrestle <laughs> and um and you were just but what the I, you were you were a driver. Yes. I'll, so let's say that you were a guy Uh, At the time when I came back, you and I think Sammy Callahan were like in my mind of, oh, these guys are drivers. They get it. They're going
1: wherever. And that was obviously, was that the mindset of like, I got to get everywhere? I was lucky enough that that was a mindset from the- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly
0: beloved, we are gathered here today to- Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: (gasps)
1: That's chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. were
1: prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Get go. Uh, When I started wrestling, I was 16, and Ontario had an athletic commission. So you had to be 18 to wrestle at the time. So, I mean, my first match was in Detroit. I know it's not that far from Toronto, but it was instant drives right away, whether it be to Detroit, Ohio, Montreal, anywhere that you could wrestle under the age of 18. So instantly, I got that mindset. And then I got paired up with Sin Kazarni. And he was a madman in a car. He would drive yeah. anywhere. <laughs> I remember him literally calling me on like a Thursday night and being, like, "Do you want to wrestle this weekend?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Be at my house at 5 a.m." I'm like, um, "I have high school tomorrow." He's like, "Well, do you want to wrestle or not?" I'm like, "Okay, I'll be there at 5. So I drive to his house at 5 a.m. and we hit the road and wouldn't be back till you know Sunday night, sometimes Monday morning. I, I see. You know, I
0: started in Chicago and there's just no work for us yeah. in Chicago. I think because uh, my. Trainers were kind of, like, banished in Chicago, you know? <laughs> so, like, because we were, you know, Danny and Dominion's guys, and Ace a little bit, but it was more Danny, like, we weren't allowed to work around there, so no one yeah. would book us, so we were forced to go. And so, right, it, it was right away. Do you think if Sin didn't call you, would you still, you know, would you still be going to those places? Or is it, like, that guy being like, we're going,
1: and then eventually you kind of get... Because of him saying you get that groove that you have to then start going everywhere. No, I, I think that he helped me get a lot more bookings, but I would have still been like willing to drive and try to find bookings and drive. Like I mean, all week that would be my night after school. You know, I'd go to the gym, I'd come home, I'd search a website, any website I could find that had wrestling shows, even if it was twenty four hours away, and I'd be emailing them and seeing if I would come out work. So I was always willing to drive, but definitely pairing up with him actually helped me get booked and get on shows rather than just. You know, drive to a place. So
0: you were gonna do this as a 16 year old. Yeah, <laughs> that's if you think about
1: that, it's kind, of, it's very dangerous. My mom wouldn't let me go to to, to go outside uh, of the perimeter. Yeah, it's actually funny. I remember my mom was so supportive like all week because I was like, "Oh, I'm going with my buddies. Uh, we're going to Detroit." She's like, "Oh, that's good. Blah, blah blah." And then like the night before, she lost a gasket on me about nothing. Just about nothing, and I was like, "Mom, you're you're pissed that I'm going to Detroit tomorrow." No, it's not that. And then finally, like two years later, it came out that yeah. that was the reason. But uh, I mean, she was cool. She signed, helped me sign up for a wrestling school at 14. Uh, she knew that there was nothing else I wanted to do or was going to put any attention to, so she was there right from the get-go. And you didn't
0: have a group of guys that you would from from the training up because uh, Nick had been doing it since.
1: Uh... Yeah, well, I kind of got hooked up with Nick through people at training um who is um, sin sorry because i already yeah it's got like a million names (laughs) (laughs) uh a friend of mine ash he wrestles at ashley six now we drove together all the time and he was close to nick and his brother sorry sin and his brother steve so it was just kind of crazy steve no um blind steve cobra kai steve
0: wasn't his name crazy
1: steve no that's a total different person oh okay i know he wrestled there is a crazy steve okay and there's a blind steve that's That's crazy, Steve. Oh, okay. crazy Steve Makes is sense. blind, Steve, yeah. Hey, do
0: you know blind crazy Steve? Yes,
1: I do. Yes, I do.
0: Okay, before we get into like he wrestles as a blind man?
1: Yeah, he's legally blind, like he can't drive or anything okay and and people have you wrestled him? Yes, I have. and you're like, this is normal. Okay, it was really good, <laughs> and it's not to say anything bad, but there's those slight differences that obviously are going to be there because of vision. Right. You know what I mean? I but it, it's not it's not it wasn't dangerous. It wasn't a safe. It wasn't like it was a match that I came to the back and was like, "Oh, fuck, I never want to wrestle again because I that was so bad." would say
0: everybody should have to wrestle him.
1: Yeah, it would be great. To like,
0: "Hey, you think you're good? Here's a little curveball. Yeah.
1: Here's a blind man." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he I mean, he he learned the right way and does a lot of shows in in Canada, so he was he was very talented and stuff, so I mean, he could probably saying, lead a match with the same someone way who's of like, not good. Zach
0: Gowen. Like, i we'll wrestle a match yeah. with Zach Gowen.
1: You have to come in with a total different yeah. game plan. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be different
0: in the ring. Yeah. It's going to be different.
1: I'd like to see Zach and Steve tag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, 14 years old. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you're born in Toronto ish? Yes,
1: I, just outside of Toronto. Okay, to mom and dad? Yeah, dad wasn't really around, but mom was always around, and I grew up in like a household with my mom, my aunt, my grandma. So I was taking care. Well, one of of
0: those. Yeah, I'm unfamiliar with that kind of scene. So it's like
1: everyone's in the house. Yeah, uh, basically, my grandma was my, my grandfather passed away, and my mom was like the only one living around out of all of her sisters and everything. So she was kind of like, well, I'll live with my mom and help her out and everything. And then my aunt moved back. She also wanted to help out. So they all moved in together. And it was also a benefit because my mom worked two jobs when I was born. So they were kind of like my babysitters at times. You know? and, your,
0: and your dad, were they ever married, your mom and dad? No. Okay, no. so
1: just... Yeah, just, just... You're just a baby? Yeah, just a baby. <laughs> and like there's never meant to be like a mom and dad and a life... Um, you know... I have a stepdad. Basically, like they're not married, but they've been together for I want to say like twenty two, twenty three years. So he's been around a lot of my life since you were what age? Really young. I mean, I, it's so far back that okay. I can't remember. And so stepdad living in the house with aunt and grandma, and- kind of. Is he has his own house because he has his own shop in the ho- at, at the back of the house. So he stays at the house when I was living there all the time, but has his own place as well
0: with mom and with aunt and grandma. Yep. And, and, but, and your mom's like kind of... A, she was a young mom, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah,
1: fairly young. Okay. Like mid-20s. She had you in the mid-20s. Tw- yeah, early mid-20s. So, I mean,
0: there's business going on there with grandma and aunt there. Yeah. Not that you want to talk about your uh, mom. <laughs> what do you care about? It happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And so, and so while your mom's doing two jobs... Yeah. And you're... Did you, did you say siblings? No siblings? No. I'm an only child. Just by yourself? Yep. Your mom is also powerlifting?
1: No, she, oh. she she stopped powerlifting and stopped arm wrestling when I was born. Yes, uh, I Sorry, actually got out the arm wrestling. Thing. My my birth prevented her from being an over the top. Wow. Yeah, that's a true story. Wow, go on. Well, uh, apparently, what they did for over the top was they had a bunch of arm wrestling tournaments, and all the winners from these tournaments went to the big tournament that they filmed at the end scene of the movie. And she won her tournament, which is in like Whippy, Ontario, and. She's going to be in the movie, but then through the process of, you know, that tournament to when they were filming, she found out she's pregnant with me, so didn't go to well, and the. And
0: the guy from Pulling John, I think, won the tournament for the men's. Yeah. Have you ever seen that documentary? No. It's, it's like basically like over the top of the documentary. Oh, is it? And yeah, and he's in the movie because he was like the best at the time. Yeah. Skinny dude. Like not even like Bull Hurley. Yeah.
1: Style. You know, arm wrestling is a weird thing. Like you can know the techniques of it and be... Just as good as anybody who's gigantic. Have you tried? I've arm wrestled uh, through a a lot of my young years, and that was just because I knew I knew the techniques from my mom. So Uh, hold
0: on, arm wrestling like in the school cafeteria or like like no,
1: I I remember my school in high school did an arm wrestling competition. What? What (laughs) In grade nine, I won it my first year in the high school, and I remember the kid I beat like wanted to fight me because he was grade 12 and was like, there's no way that this kid just beat me in arm wrestling. But, I mean, I was always a big kid, but also I had the technique. You knew so. the tech- Did she train you in a montage? No, like, of- well, one, it was from her and from Over the Top because Over the Top was one of my favorite movies growing up. Bless you. And Over the Top was my favorite movie before I knew my mom was even going to be wow. in it. I didn't find this out till like six months ago that she was almost in the movie. Really? Yeah. Does the over-the-top, is she say that legit? Is that legit, the move? Uh, that, of that, the- that is legit, but it's illegal in most arm wrestling competitions, really? yeah. So we got to go to, like, Arkansas, where there yeah, is no regulation. I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> the thing is, when you're arm wrestling, you want to turn your hand over, which gets you an advantage. Mm-hmm. So basically, if your hand's cocked back i mean i know i'm showing you and right. people can't see it they can but visually see it. yeah so if you can turn your hand inwards so that their palms facing your chest you have more of an advantage and it's also shoulder aren't yeah. you
0: throwing the shoulders down
1: in? a little bit that's what you're, you're using more power as you turn their hand in because then you have more leverage to pull them down this is beautiful i want to yeah man <laughs> so is your
0: mom so when, when when you were done growing up she got back into powerlifting and arm wrestling. No, oh, okay. no,
1: she. Oh, unfortunately, so she hasn't done it since. No, no. All right, she. All right. the, the legends of uh, Mama Elgin, powerlifting, and arm wrestling are from before I was born. Oh. But there's some great stories. Is there, pic- is there pictures? I think I've seen. Have I seen? There's picture? definitely some pictures and trophies. What are the stories? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm glad that my mom knows nothing about <laughs> the internet. <laughs> um, well, she was arm wrestling, and she just quit, and she was working at a bar. And this girl came in, won an arm wrestling competition, and was egging on my mom, like, Oh, I heard you used to be pretty good. And my mom was just, Yeah, I used to be pretty good. This is what the movie's based on. This is literally, and this is not from her, because she wouldn't tell me this. This is from other people who are at the bar. From the internet? No, this is, this I is wish a, it was from the this internet. This was a blog? Well, I hope this is on the internet after this. Okay. My, my mom's going to be more famous than I am. But anyway, so this girl's calling on, calling on, and finally everybody at the bar, who's regular, so they know my mom is the bartender, egg her on, and finally she says, okay. And the girl said that she would give her a trophy if my mom beat her. A trophy that she just won? Yes. Apparently my mom locked up and just right away just slammed her down and beat her. So the girl's losing her mind and, like, swings the trophy at my mom. And if you've ever seen an arm wrestling trophy, it's, like, two arms locked with almost, like, wings around it, So they're rigid. And, my mom, and the people said, like, it almost hit my mom's face. And she came around the bar and threw this girl head, for face, or head first through a jukebox. <laughs> and then left the bar. And nobody told, her, told the cops who it was. But, yeah, so my mom uh, threw a girl's head through a jukebox. Wow. Yeah. Like mother like so. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's where I get it from. Because
0: you've been in some uh scenarios. He used Listen, to be yeah. Uh... I always a part of me would be way wilder and crazier if it was like the 70s where like just cops aren't yeah. called, but now with uh Twitter and whatever and I feel like everyone's a pussy, so like if I like slapped you on the back like they're calling the cops. Yeah. And like like we had in like uh in what was it in, in top of Canada there uh Callowit. Yeah. You know, like one little thing happens, cops, it's in a hole to do, and then like that could prevent you from something. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I wish maybe it was more of the outlaw days, but sometimes, <laughs> you know, I've been in scenarios with you up yeah. in a Callowit, and I've heard of susta- of you sometimes just being a-, a rough
1: mountain man in the bars scenario. Uh, yeah, see, I-, I think that stories get kind of blown out of proportion. Uh, I'm not anybody who goes around looking for trouble, uh, but I'm very short-tempered. So it's like, we're having a good time. We're having a good time. Something shitty happens from someone, and then it's just off the walls yeah. from there. So I've definitely been in some scenarios where uh, some stuff has happened. But again, bar. it wasn't me provoking it. It was just me saying, well, you know, Have this is in, isn't in happening. bar fights. Yeah. Um,. Not really since I started wrestling, though. I mean, early young...
0: By the way, you started wrestling at 14.
1: Yeah, but I mean, since I started being more... But since I started, like, wrestling more and and being more well-known, that never happened... But, like, turn 19 in Canada, you can go to the bar. And I was always a bigger kid, so you often find that when you're bigger in some place, people pick fights with you. So, I mean, I've had to, uh, to do some fights here and there, but that's only because, you know, people started or, or said something or did something that they shouldn't have done, and it was just me overreacting, which was stupid and I know better now. But uh, definitely I'm not one to back down from anything. Nothing,
0: But nothing like Shawn Michaels, Bridge Bulldog style out in... Uh... Uh, the worst
1: was... Um, some guy hit me with a pool cue and I lost it and I fought him and like four of his friends and I mean luckily the bouncers were there because the numbers would have definitely got me but before the bouncers kind of broke it up I broke like two of the lampshades over the pool tables because I just started throwing people Um, but as I said luckily the bouncers were there because four on one that's never a good story but I I definitely went nuts.
0: So in in, in a movie scenario that happens cut to next scene you're eating breakfast.
1: Yeah. But like
0: do, do cops come? Do you now have to pay for these these lamp, lamps? No, luckily. You know what I'm saying? Like, How does that stuff luckily, work? Luckily,
1: uh, the bar that I was at was right beside a gym that I worked overnights at. And that just happened to be a night that I wasn't working overnight. So all the bouncers so kind of knew me. Yeah. So it was it was kind of a, hey, get out of here type thing. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so they definitely saved me that night because, you know, all of them would have started coming at me with things if I yeah. didn't, you know. I'm always
0: wondering who the fuck's paying for these things. Yeah, or where luckily,
1: I mean, I'm gone. sure I would have had to and I would have gotten a lot of trouble. Uh, I've been lucky not to get myself into too much trouble, as I said. You know, for some, a man who kind of gets himself in a little bit of a trouble. A little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, usually my trouble doesn't come from fights. but uh, <laughs> Just women. <laughs> that yeah um, not now not for the last year or so but uh definitely beforehand uh women and drinking can get me in trouble yeah You're right
0: are we, are we allowed to tell any of these stories
1: i mean sure or is is wifey is that no i mean part of i have well, i have a past as, uh, okay, i have a ahead. past that was before i met my wife and uh i mean you can rival the truth
0: martini can you do you guys talk about your rivalries
1: we, we have definitely had some chats. <laughs> okay. uh, at one point, we would, you know, call each other and, and just uh, share stories and stuff and, and just shoot the shit about it. But uh, I think some of his stories might top it. Top, but you guys were trading them back. And oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially long drives together. You, you kind of.
0: <laughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. to. Has anyone seen the
0: bride and groom? Whoa, whoa. so three years ago, four years ago, what's like a perfect scenario for you in terms of like you go to a town and you uh, and
1: you, you find someone that you had been with in that town or. No, I always tried to like get new scenarios and not so much for not even just about sex or anything like that. Um, if I could find somebody that would really drive me around and stuff like that, just so that I'm not, you know, stuck being on other people's terms, if I could find somebody else that would take me here, take me there, if I need something to eat, they know the town, they can so take you're a me there. real,
0: is this based off of, a lot of stuff I do is based off of my love for like old time
1: wrestlers. Yeah. Like, is this like, this is what the wrestlers did? This is what of, I'm doing? A, a kind of, <laughs> um... It was definitely, it definitely helped, especially in places like up north in Canada mm. when you could have someone buy you a case of pop that's worth $24. Right. So, I mean, it just kind of came from being cheap, maybe. Cheap? Yeah. But does that
0: come from being a wrestler or no? No. Uh, I mean, kind of. I don't know where I'm at. Like, I think about it sometimes. Is it like because I'm Jewish or is it because <laughs> I'm a wrestler? I
1: think being or- cheap comes from mostly from being a wrestler because I remember like working real jobs and I didn't care what i spent my money on right and it, was, it was like i constantly have a check coming
0: is that what it was because it is yeah. it because that we don't know where our next check is coming? yeah from? like i,
1: I think I, I made the decision like summer of 2010 to quit all jobs and just wrestle uh, i wasn't quite at the point where i should have yet mm-hmm. but i thought that that was the only the only way i could you know focus more on training and focus more on getting somewhere i mean it paid off but uh at first it was really rough
0: and 2010 is where you started
1: that's kind of where everything really clicked yeah, for you. Was
0: yeah. it like – I know you said it was hard at first, but like
1: six what months ha- after or whatever? What happened was uh, I did one of those WWE camps in Florida. And if anybody was there and heard what the, the guys were saying, whether it be J.R., Steve Kern or anything, it really looked like I was getting a job. Like the only, nat- the only knock I had on me was like get in better shape. And
0: I heard – I think even at that time I had heard J.R. – not through you
1: or anyone else, but like uh, this guy's a this guy's like the next Buzz Sawyer. We better yep. right, we yep. better get him on board. So uh, I really thought I was getting a job, and after that, like I remember getting home, I remember like throwing up my cell phone because it sometimes it didn't work. I had to get a new cell phone, and then I just waited a while, and then I called. Waited a while more, and then I called. Waited a while more, and then I called. Hey, and I was then, supposed
0: to get this thing. What's yeah, the story, guys? Yeah. And right? then
1: right there, it was like my decision. Okay, well, the one knock they could have on me. Was my body? I need to train more. I can't work. Because I was working like long hours at a construction job. So it was like five o'clock in the morning to like five o'clock at night. You're dead tired because when you're. When you're working on a job site like that and you're not building the homes, you're just lugging heavy shit around all day. So I was like, you know what? I can't work. I just got to put that aside. Whatever money I can make from wrestling, that's what I'll live off of. And I'll just work out as hard as I can. And then, like, late, that was in like July of 2010. And then I actually did a Ring of Honor camp in October of 2010. And I got picked up like the next shows after that.
0: Let's talk about these camps. Yeah. Uh, Because I think. We, we, you know, although we're different generations, we have, I think, I believe we have the same mindset of, like, we got to get out there, we got to make our names on the indies, we got to wrestle everywhere we can, uh, and they'll come to us. Yeah. Was that your mindset? Yes and no. Okay, well, so I'm going to say, when I, I think when I was your age, maybe, or at 23 or 24, what age did you go to that WWE camp?
1: I was twenty three.
0: Twenty three, and and uh, you know I don't want to break any news here, but it's, it's a thousand bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. So at twenty three, I I still think I would have been like, fuck that, man. I ain't paying to fucking go get a job. Like I'm gonna, they're gonna want me, but, and I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with your decisions that you made. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Like you were like, yeah, I'm gonna go to this camp. Yeah, I'm gonna go to this camp. I, I just think I was always like, my wrestling will speak for itself that they'll want to come to me. Yeah, And I, I you, mean, you kind of seek them out, even though you were doing the right path. I felt like good. that.
1: But what really turned a corner for me was I was doing tours with Billy Gunn in Manitoba. And he really liked me. I mean, we rode together. Uh, if if uh, Road Dogg wasn't on the shows, he would tell the promoter, like, oh, me and Elgin are rooming together. So well, we got really close. Me and Elgin close. are the New Age outlaws. Yeah, now. like basically. <laughs> so <laughs> what happened was he called uh, Laurinaitis. And then he directed him to – I forget the girl's name. The girl that works at the secretary or whatever. And her reply was, oh, yeah, he has to sign up on FCW Recruit. And he's like, I'm calling you. I worked for you for 10 years. I was part of the hottest group in wrestling. I'm telling you, this kid is good. And she's like, who are, who are you again? Yeah, yeah. Billy what? So I was like, <laughs> if he can't get me at least like backstage and if they have a match and they end up using me, then they get to see me, what – what is that good for? He was there for so long. He put on, you know, DX was what? Probably the biggest thing in wrestling, one of. And he couldn't get me a tryout. So then when the camp came up, uh, my girlfriend at the time wanted a vacation. And I'm not a vacation person. So I was like, hey, why don't we go out to Florida for a week? So we could go up before the, before the camp and then I'd stay for the camp. So it just worked out there. And I, as I said, that kind of just turned a corner. I was like, man, if they're not going to listen to somebody who has the knowledge of Billy Gunn, what else so it can is I do? it is
0: almost um just the timing like yeah. like the system had changed from when yeah. i was trying to knock that door down to and, and you know punk always said something to me he's like when he went to ovw and i always remember you know he's always like there's never going to be another guy you have to go through ovw you have yeah. to go through that system and i i mean i guess they still kind of plucked you from the Indies to go to OVW like, you know, me and scenario and, and other guys or whatever. But even now I think it's even more like you have to go through that performance yeah. center. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean like times, I guess, uh, times they are changing, but the ROH one too, huh? Yeah. I mean,
1: I think what it is, is that now people, there's not as many people running things, especially in like ring of honor. So, Let's say it is only delirious. He gets sent a hundred tapes between running the shows, running the school. How is he supposed to watch a hundred tapes? It's impossible.
0: Right, but that buzz that you create makes... And
1: I feel that's the people... And I'm not saying... It's not an argument, but it's... No, I totally agree with you, but it's so hard. I mean... As for Buzz, uh, I think that Josh Alexander and Ethan Page have a lot of buzz about them. And I've been pushing forever, forever to get them a trial. And finally they got a trial. But it was a lot of pushing to get that. Um even Silas Young, like, he's amazing. He's been wrestling for a while. He's even had a stint in Ring of Honor beforehand. And it took like me to be like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to take all the credit here, but I'm just saying, like, I he was a name that was being shipped around. I was like, yes, please, like, use him. I, I'd love to work with him here. Please. It's just like You forget about people you have so much on your mind that you're forgetting what's out there and even though there's buzz it's like oh there's buzz today but then tomorrow you're back on your job duties and you forget about that Mm -hmm. so i think the camps it really i mean it worked out for me it's just almost a short you know my
0: shortcut but uh
1: i mean like a quicker way yeah i mean i wouldn't say so much a shortcut because if you're not ready you're not going to get there Mm -hmm. um if you're talented enough then it just kind of puts you in front of them
0: And did you do two WWE camps?
1: I only did one. You
0: only did one. Okay. And, I mean, so, and right now, you're, you know, I I guess, I don't want to go into right now, but, like, um, okay, so what did you do to, like, change
1: your your body? So, you, you got the new singlet. Yeah. And you changed the, and so... I just worked out harder, really. I mean, that's all I can say. Uh, I started doing fasted cardio, which is just cardio as soon as I wake up for an hour, and that burns strictly body fat. Um, I'm a fat kid, always have been.
0: So we're both bigger kids. Yeah. So people are always like, how do you, well, I don't think anyone wants my frame, but like, I'm, it's not like I did like a bulking phase. Yeah. I was kind of just like a thick kid to begin with. Yeah. I was just, I was
1: like, I mean, growing up at 13. Before I started training, so it took me a year to get in any kind of shape, I was like 310 pounds of fat at 13. At 13? Well, because all my life, all I did was sit at home, watch wrestling, play with wrestling toys, and say I'm going to be a wrestler, but didn't think that I had to work towards it. Uh, So when I finally realized that, I mean, I got in the gym, and I've had my ups and downs. I mean, my lowest ever was actually going into wrestling training. I dropped down to like 175 pounds.
0: At 14 years old? Yeah. Whoa.
1: Yeah. Hold Um, on. You were 310. Within a year, you were 175. Yeah, I did a low carb diet for a year, but
0: that's not is that that's seventh grade?
1: No, eighth grade. I was I was grade nine when I like when I started dieting. Okay, I guess that's okay because I was 13 going into grade nine. I have a late birthday, right? So then I turned 14. So by the time I started training, like the summer after, you know what I mean? So it was almost a year. Yeah, I just dropped it. Do you think you became like an adult really early? in some sense yeah because uh, other like dieting and stuff like yeah. I,
0: you know I didn't re- realize i had to do this shit until i think i was like 17 and then another time in my life like i was 21 like where i really like learned how to like yeah. how to do everything but you're doing it at 13 14 then also going to training with grown men right i always yeah. not that i find that weird but it's really uh, at 13 and 14 you know i'm going to junior high school and you're going consistently yeah, to train with grown. Yeah, men. I had to take
1: a, a train, a two-hour train ride every day Jesus. that I did the training. Yeah, it was a. I, I think I grew up in some senses and in others. I mean, because I started so young. I mean, I've had the ups and downs with the bodies between knee surgery, uh, knee pains, and not only that. Like just, you know, I start wrestling at fourteen, but when I turn nineteen, it's hey, we're here's drinks now. Uh, so I've had my ups and downs, but uh, that camp just made me realize I got to focus harder and really it was just I changed up my diet, I changed up my training and. And did a lot more cardio. I'm kind of intrigued by 13, 14-year-old Michael Elgin now a little
0: bit. Um, did, who, who trained you? Sorry.
1: Okay. My first training school was called – it was just like EWF was the place. And um, this guy, Bob, Bob Woods, ran it. He wasn't really a wrestling guy. Uh, he had this guy, PJ – I can't even remember the guy's name. PJ something was like the main trainer. And there was another guy, Brett Scholl. S C H O L. S-C-H-O-L. Yes, I don't know, but okay. So they, uh, they like, kind of were running it, but I remember going in really early with a guy named Connor. He wrestled as Tarantula Gomez for a while, and we Great would day. like if, if training started at seven, we'd be in the ring at five thirty doing stuff because we weren't really getting trained. We we're getting, you know, they teach us how to bump. They could teach us how to run the rolls. but they weren't teaching us much else. Um, where did you find these guys? You you're Backyard in wrestling. Okay. Uh, a kid moved to my school, said, Hey, come backyard wrestle with us. You're a wrestling fan. And he goes, Yeah, I'm thinking about doing the summer camp. And I looked at a flyer. You got a flyer at like a live event in Toronto, and it just said, uh, Two week summer wrestling camp. Wow. All ages. All ages. So you knew it was a scummy school in the first place. <laughs> okay. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm 14, don't know any better. So I, yes, I'm signing up. So I did the two week camp. And then after that, it was only like 100 bucks a month. So I was like, and you're not paying for that. Actually, was really. I was. I got a job the and when I was. I just turned fourteen, and I got a job at a at a restaurant washing dishes because my goal was to buy a wrestling ring.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that was—I
1: mean—that's three dollars an hour Canadian, right? No, No? Nope? it was uh, started at seven fifty an hour. Okay, and I would on weekends I would work doubles. I'd do anything I could do to buy a wrestling ring. And did you eventually buy this wrestling ring? I ended up spending the money on a car—a <laughs> <laughs> muscle car, uh, ninety-five Mustang. <laughs> okay, muscle car, <laughs> kind of. And this was after
0: after you'd been like training and stuff, and you probably yeah. realized I don't need this ring because I'm I, training yeah, at this ring. I need
1: a car. Okay, it was, was. Oh, was it was the car to get to.
0: Yeah. Wait, hold on. you were 14.
1: 15? I was saved, but that the car so cost you me 6 be, grand. Like right. I was assuming I was paying 5 grand for a car. Uh making 750 an hour also like buying things here and there but still saving money. Um, I bought the car before I turned 16. I couldn't drive it yet, but as I said my stepdad owns a shop, so he got this car in and said, "Hey, I know you're saving money for a wrestling, ring, but I got this really nice car in. I'm selling it for 7500. I'll sell it to you for 5 grand." And I was like, "Absolutely."
0: So, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so it's all been it's all been a race for pro wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Right? From everyone, everything. everything. Okay, so now let's talk about, is it in your head? I mean, it's, I'm in my head at all times. Like, what if this stuff doesn't work out? Or, like, did I just waste, like, the past, since I was 10 years old, thinking about buying a, a car or a, a wrestling ring? Um, not, and, and, like, again, your path, like, you're, you're right on your way. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, hey, a knee, fucking a knee can go out, right? Yep. Um, I don't know. You can get some a horrible disease, whatever. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I don't know. Knock on wood on all that shit. Yeah, but I know what you mean. No.
1: Yeah, like, do you think about what else you would want to do? Yes and no. Um, I kind of try to keep it out of my head because I feel like the more the more options I give myself, then that's an easy way out. Plan Bs. Yeah, I, I feel. I know everybody preaches. Oh, you need to have a backup. You need to have a backup, but. Anybody I've ever known that has a backup isn't wrestling anymore. Well, it it got rough.
0: My statement couldn't make it. My statement was always plan B sets
1: yourself up for failure. Exactly. Then, oh well, you know, I didn't quite make it at wrestling, but I have this cushy back plan that I can take, and that just—I feel like my motivation has to be on one thing. I mean, I went to college, I did high school, I didn't have the greatest, you know, the greatest grades because all my focus was on wrestling. So, I mean, my focus is always on one thing, and it can't really, it doesn't get taken up by any other things, or I just, I know, I can't so focus. what if
0: it, like, just goes away? I don't know. Are you fucked? I mean, that,
1: no, I mean, you, like, I yourself? went to college, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'd kill myself, I, I definitely, uh, would try to find another job in wrestling. In wrestling. Um, that would always always be the first go-to, I mean, as I said, I went to college, it's not like, you know, I, I don't have something I can do, well, actually, it was for firefighting, so I'm probably fucked if I can't wrestle <laughs> okay, that right, too, right. but, uh. I mean there's other skills that i have it's just not things that i really pay attention to because wrestling is the main goal and as you said uh plan b to me is just why you know things got hard but i can do this
0: yeah but i just i fear like i mean i'm the same way but you're you're definitely always like i'm like you can see the focus in your eyes and you can see it and i i almost not that i fear for you because i know that i'll go there but like i think just to myself like how much i love wrestling and then i just think like Man, what if it did get taken away? Like, what the fuck do... Like, I mean, I could do something, but... I think
1: <laughs> a big thing, like... I mean, as you said, you you, th- you think about the stories of old wrestling, and that's kind of what you pattern things about and everything. Like, you hear about some of the top stars talking about sleeping in the back of their car, eating potatoes and tuna because they couldn't afford anything. Well, if they had a backup plan, they might not have went that route.
0: Right. Well, and you're married. Yeah. So, like, maybe if I had a wife, like, <laughs> you know, maybe that could, like
1: help keep me sane or anything yeah i mean it definitely helps out and like we have similar passions and stuff so that helps but uh wrestling is always like the focus and goal for work you know what i mean and luckily i'm doing all right now that i can afford to not do anything else and and still uh you know live
0: yeah and you're on this fun uh just like uh place in, in in the in the world right now how old are you now 26. 26, so, you know, like I, not that I usually, but sometimes I'll use my age of where I was when this person was here. You know, I don't know if you do that too. Sometimes I'll hear stories of like like Tom Pritchard
1: at 33. No, I don't. You know why I don't do that? Why is that? Because it pisses me off. (laughs) And why it pisses me off is because living in Canada was the fucking hardest thing to do to try to get somewhere. Yeah. It's like, yes, it's a different country, but me driving to Chicago from Toronto is like, The same distance as driving from like the far end of Minnesota to here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's the same distance, but you think other country, you're not thinking about that. Also, work visas and all that. It's just so much harder. So basically,
0: at 26, you could have been in the same place at 22 if you lived in Chicago
1: or New York. I mean, I'd hate to say that, but I feel that. I would have been able to put, I would have been put in a position that I could have got better sooner. Right. If that makes sense. Yep, of course. Yeah.
0: And so you are not American now, but hey, you're living in America.
1: Yes. Living in America. Do you like it? Yeah. uh, Things are a lot cheaper. Um, Definitely food. Uh, I like cheap food and cheap gas because I drive and eat a lot. So definitely works. Let's hear your meals. You're Uh, packing up for a trip, right? You, get, yep. you got a
0: three. You got a, you, You're in St. Louis this Monday, and then Chicago Tuesday, yep. and then uh, whatever, Milwaukee, whatever. Well, for
1: instance, for this trip, uh, I mean, I, I ate breakfast when I was done at the gym this morning before the drive here. So the breakfast is your typical, you know, oatmeal and egg whites, and usually a piece of meat, whether it be chicken or fish. And then for the drive and everything, like I, I packed the normal protein bars and protein, but that's just for snacking here and there. Other than that, I cook, you know. Uh, Usually two chicken breasts with some vegetables and sweet potatoes, uh, two portions of that each day, and then a portion of um, a cup and a half of ground beef with vegetables all mixed up. So just boring as shit. Uh, Yeah. (coughs) Is it, though? I mean, I'm fine with it. Spice it up a bit. Put some hot sauce and mustard on it, and it goes down just as easy as anything else. So gross. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Man, I remember Rob Terry would just eat.
0: uh, Is that his name now? Yeah, Rob Terry. Robbie T? Yeah. Yeah. Just like. And you know how big that fucker yeah. is, and it's just sweet potato chicken breast every single day. And then here, tell me, I don't know if this was he only sweet potato, like one whole sweet potato. He would just like eat it like an apple, and then like three chicken breasts or whatever, and he eat those like laffy taffy or whatever. And then he would have a two liter of diet Mountain Dew.
1: Yeah, is that a normal thing? I mean, a lot of people. It's all based I'm not on questioning him because yeah, he's obviously fucking huge. Di- diet pop <laughs> doesn't affect everybody the same way. Uh, I mean, I have hadn't had Diet Pop in probably six months now. I don't see a big difference. But now yeah. I'm not used to this. This is great. Yeah. Great to like, hear. Great. But, I'm staying on Diet But you could be the person that, <laughs> that makes a big be the, difference. Right? You know what? You just don't know. I mean, everything. Like, you see those guys out there. For instance, I, go back to Billy Gunn. I've literally worked out with that fucker. And before going to the gym, he eats Wendy's. And then after the gym, he eats McDonald's. And he looks great. I did that. I'd be four hundred pounds. Well, I'm not gonna. So, so you know, it's just everybody reacts different to everything. You know, some people to get big, all they have to do is just eat calories, no matter what. Other people to get big have to eat proper calories. You just have to gauge that. Mm, man, all right. So it's Wendy's and McDonald's for me before <laughs> and after.
0: Just kind of similar. No, not really. I'm okay, but all right. Um, the So for the future, for you, I mean, it's just plugging away. We get that idea. The guy loves wrestling never been to japan i don't want to rub it in your face uh, you're
1: definitely rubbing it in my as face as a noah right superstar here yeah, yeah who, that's uh, who
0: you probably would fit way you better don't, you don't
1: understand how how deep that knife just went sorry um because you are
0: a huge uh terry gordy and dr death yeah and i you know i trained under dr death a little bit and uh wasn't the nicest just, of my well, men.
1: just You know, even nicest or not, you just keep twisting. Now you're twisting it. Oh, you dug sorry. it in deep, and now you're twisting it.
0: And, you know, in my match against Kibashi, you know, we were just like. <laughs> on, is, that, is that really necessary here? Uh, but I mean, that's number one goal right, now, or right that's, now? Yeah, absolutely. And
1: and I think your style deserves like. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah. I a, you might think so, but apparently nobody in Japan right. thinks so right now. <sighs> I'm trying, I'm trying, I really am.
0: You know, for me, it was, I, you know, it's where you are, and you know that because you travel so much and you put yourself in scenarios to, like, be in front of people or whatever, you get that concept. And for me, it was, you know, I wrestled so long for Ring of Honor when those Japanese guys came over, and I never, like, went to them and said, take me over, like, there was nothing, you know, I just kind of, I was nice to them, and and I was just on enough shows where I think they watched enough DVDs, and then when I got let go by WWE and I came back to ROH, Marafuji was just like, from what I hear, was like, "Oh, Cabana's available. Let's grab him." And I was like, "Really? Yeah. Like, you want me? You know, like." So, yeah. I mean, that's how I did it. I don't know
1: how others do it. But but I, I mean, I, I know that's just how things happen. It's just like, and you, just you're on these things. shows in Germany, where I don't. I was on a show in Germany where those the Noah guys and some of the big. Jamaican well, actually, guys. last time, I mean, last time I was there, uh, I worked with Prince Devitt, and I thought we had a hell of a match. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I sent stuff over to New Japan with them. Uh, I've sent stuff over with Carl Anderson and Rocky Romero. I mean, I'm hoping that it's just a matter of time. Uh, maybe it's just one of those things all oh, when things open, when things open. Uh, I mean, I've contacted Noah. I've talked to them. I've talked to them since 2008. Right. So, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, I even, I mean, the second I heard Muda was opening up his own promotion, I found his contact and yeah. sent him stuff Did right away. Yeah. Uh, I never really spoke. with... I would spoke with Tajiri a little bit, but I knew that there were some guys that were flying himself out right. there. So I that was nothing Boo. that I was willing to do. Uh, I mean, I contacted all Japan. I just I've been plugging away. It's not like I'm not trying. Right. I send pictures. I send I send matches and stuff. So and that's I'm not your sitting number one here, style, which is, right? Yeah. I mean, or your favorite style of wrestling? Yeah. I, I I was lucky enough that a good friend of mine growing up started tape trading really young. I mean, probably maybe even before I started training so I got to see a lot of those big time you know like the champion carnivals and stuff like that and it was just amazing to me so that's definitely definitely what my goal has been
0: alright well if anybody in Japan is listening
1: yes please like Please. please.
0: <laughs> maybe it's the wrong podcast to do uh, you are on Twitter and on Facebook and I don't want to make this a war but uh, you gotta up your game a little bit I don't want to hear about you lifting anymore or wanting to wrestle Kenta kobashi
1: well or your dream matches versus Sheamus. You know what? What? That's what I like to do. Right? <laughs> you know what? No At- matter what I put on Twitter or Facebook, someone's going to bitch about something I say. At least I said it to your face. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, 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 blessed, not blessed, but good on you for being like,
0: that's what I do. Yeah. You either follow me or I mean, don't, I, right?
1: I, I do, I don't do it all the time. I do other things and I say funny stuff. Um, but what else that's who you um, are yeah that's who you are i mean that's the way i mean the twitter is also part of my wrestling i mean that's not my real life so it's kind of it's kind of stupid if i go out there and start making jokes and be out of wrestling characters just it just doesn't fit to me uh i mean that's the reason why i don't want to talk too much when i wrestle or anything because the, a big guy who tries to intimidate people who has a, the style i do if i'm around talking and making jokes. That doesn't match up with the way I wrestle. So that's just a big thing with me. I like to talk about that stuff because it's also in what Michael Elgin represents, not maybe what myself represents. You know, even though they're close. They're very close. Very close. <laughs> but I mean, I like to joke around and have a good time right. and goof off and do stuff, but it just isn't what Michael Elgin would do as Michael his, as Elgin, as a the wrestler,
0: wrestler yeah.
1: in the ring, isn't finding that
0: girl to go buy
1: him a. Exactly. A, a,
0: a, you know, so why, <laughs> why would
1: I say that? Because that doesn't represent what twitter is supposed to be promoting yeah, I get it. and what is your twitter and everything roh michael elgin okay. uh, pretty simple uh facebook's michael elgin i think it's up to the limit of friends or whatever but you can always shoot me a message uh but if you do shoot me a message you're not a friend's so list probably take me about three months because now it goes into another it's weird another it? inbox and it's like a <laughs> dollar some people have to pay a dollar really no it's just like it goes into uh other messages and i don't check them until i get on a computer because i don't check them on my phone so it could be three months but i'll get to you and that, and do you have a website or anything? Or no, no website. You're not
0: selling. You're not. You're not selling the merch anymore.
1: No, that's a whole subject. <laughs> yeah. which we won't get into uh, but it. But at shows, you are. Yeah, right. Yes. And, and
0: people can book you for shows and stuff.
1: Absolutely. Uh, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook or um, you can email me now at elginbookings at gmail dot com. I is. finally got on the Gmail. There it is. Right. I like Gmail. I like Gmail too, and it's much easier. Like everything I ever punched into Hotmail was taken. <laughs> I don't think so it's, it ended up being like unbreakable michael elgin 3298 at hawmail.com.
0: and i think gmail's the superior email it definitely it definitely yeah. is well you're the superior wrestler to this. <laughs> i don't know all right all right canadian born but now living in america michael elgin on the show we were in europe this weekend but this was all about the podcast good to have him on the show This guy is tearing up the scene. He's the man to watch at the moment. Big things in the future, I'm sure, and I'm sure a Japanese tour will be coming eventually. It's got to. The cream always always rises to the top. I'm a big believer in that. Elgin, I think uh, think you'll be doing all right. Okay, all right. Before we get out of here, let's get into some plugs and... Upcoming events... All right, the best way that you can support ColtMerch.com and com. I do have a Twitter at Colt Cabana. Follow me, I have a very public email Wrestling at gmail.com Maybe you're a promoter want to put me on your upcoming show or convention every single Monday night on YouTube, WorstPromoEver.com Myself and Marty DeRosa Head on over to the website, com. Over there you will see the P.O. Box, you can send me some snail mail or you can sign up for the monthly newsletter the Facebook slash AOW Podcast upcoming Saturday, November 2nd, Quebec City, Quebec, and SBW wrestling.com. I'll be wrestling Sylvain Grenier. Yep. Saturday, November 9th, Haverhill, Massachusetts. Sunday, November 10th, East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Both of those are for wrestling is art. .com come see me if you're in that area Saturday November 16th Calgary Alberta Canada the first time I've ever been to Calgary pwa-wrestling.ca November 21st New York City sold out guys for the pro wrestling film festival.com sold out that's the comedy show but if you do have tickets and you're coming you will get free I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass sunglasses courtesy of one then November 23rd I head over to the UK to start a big tour for title championship wrestling here's the day. November 23rd, Bristol. November 24th, Manchester. 25th, Darlington. 26th, Leeds. 27th, Keith Lee November 30th, Milton Keynes December 1st, London, England All tickets over at facebook.com slash title championship wrestling There it is guys, that's the show Big thanks to you Thanks to Michael Elgin, thanks to Cable Guy Jeff and Stu Stone, thanks to Kid Russell Matt Jenkins on the music Big thanks to Hulu Plus Watch thousands of hours of TV directly to your computer, iPhone, iPad and more Get yourself that free trial at HuluPlus.com slash Colton. And if you tweet me a pick and a question, I'll DM you that answer. There it is, guys. That is the show. This has been The Art of Wrestling. the Colt Cabana, I'm Colt Cabana. Thanks.
1: Uh, you're keeping that mullet? You love the mullet? For now, I'm definitely keeping the mullet. You were like, this is my mullet? I yeah, love it. Yeah, you got to own it. Okay. You know, uh, I figured if I'm gonna walk around the mullet, I'm gonna do it full out. You can't just have a half-ass mullet. If you're gonna have a mullet, you gotta have a it's, heavy mullet. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's flowing. So are you. <laughs>